0: and welcome to the A Thousand Lives broadcast, the go-to podcast for all things related to Christian missions in China. This is Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. There you'll also find a slew of resources resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends as well as to help you encourage others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Well, we just recently published the first episode of this broadcast and are excited to jump into the second. In that first episode, I talked about my very first time in China where I was faced with a young man who knew so little of the gospel that he had to ask, what is is Jesus. That's right. He asked, What is Jesus? Not, Who is Jesus? And you know, that story, that encounter that I had, and many like it, are stark reminders to all of us that there is still much work to be done in China for the gospel. In this second episode, we're going to talk about a story often told by Hudson Taylor about one of his early converts in China. The name of this podcast, the A Thousand Lives Broadcast, comes from something Hudson Taylor is quoted as saying. In fact, we mentioned it in the first episode. Uh, it goes like this If I had a Thousand pounds, China should have it. If I had a thousand lives, China should have them. No, not China, but Christ. Can we do too much for Him? Can we do enough for such a precious Savior? And you know, since we took the name of the podcast from this quote from Hudson Taylor, I thought it'd be a good idea to take this episode today and tell one of his stories. Now, Hudson Taylor was a man marked by his immense faith in God to reach the people of China with the gospel. Uh, He's a personal hero of mine uh, because he believed that China could be reached with the gospel in his generation. And he devoted his entire life to not just sharing the gospel there in China, but encouraging his kinsmen back in Britain, as well as people in America, the continent of Europe, Australia, and many other places to give their lives to reaching China with the gospel. Uh, Now, after spending his first five years, or so in China, uh, Hudson Taylor was back on a furlough, and during that time, he took a step of faith to establish what came to be known as the China Inland Mission, which was used to channel missionaries into China for decades to come. That, of course, is what he is best known for. Uh, However, before there was any China Inland Mission, and while he was still in China during that first term, he encountered a certain Chinese man by the name of Mr. Ni, whose conversion and companionship eventually led to a conversation that Hudson Taylor and Mr. Ni had that would often painfully remind Hudson Taylor of the need there in China. In fact, he would oftentimes recount this story uh, very somberly to his fellow Englishmen uh, when he would preach at conferences and such uh, back home in Britain. This story is a reminder to all of us of the truth that Christ mentions in Luke's gospel where he says, For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. And you'll understand how that applies as we get into the story. But now, before jumping into the story of Mr. Ning, I'd like to briefly highlight the Chinese region of the week, uh, which for this week is the city of Beijing. Uh, Beijing, or Beijing as we might say here in America, is the capital of China and home to nearly 20 million people. People. This one city's population is roughly equivalent to that of all of Finland, Sweden, and Norway combined. That's right, the entire Scandinavian Peninsula. Those three countries, Finland, Sweden, and Norway, take all of the people there in Scandinavia, combine them, and you would have the population of this one city, Beijing. Uh, the city of Beijing is one of China's four what they call municipalities, these directly controlled cities, uh, which is really just a way of saying that uh, it would be somewhat like a Washington D see here in America, it's not under the purview of, in America, a state. Washington, D.C. is not under state purview. This municipality, Beijing, is one of four cities in China that's not under the purview of a province. So that means that even though it's a city, it functions independently uh, from provinces and kind of has its own government uh, jurisdiction there. To put the population of Beijing, this 20 million people into American terms, Beijing actually has a population that is greater in number than the entire state of New York. It has a land area, though, that's slightly smaller than the U.S. state of New Jersey. So imagine taking everyone in New York State, and we're not just talking New York City, we're talking Rochester, Albany, all of the cities there in New York, all the people that would live in more rural areas even, and scrunching them all into a state the size of New Jersey. Not even quite the size of New Jersey. This is the city of Beijing. According to the Chinese government report, or a Chinese government report, from 2009, Christians constitute to only 0.78% of the city's population. Now, there might be uh, some discrepancy there as far as, well, those are official numbers and there's the underground church and all of that, but even to be generous in that, say 3%, 4% of the population of 20 million people, that's still at least 19 million people that need the gospel there in Beijing. There is a desperate need there for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Friends, you're out there listening, would you please pray that God will raise up more laborers to take the gospel to Beijing? Well, now, on to the story of Mr. Ni. Mr. Ni's story uh, begins with this ex-Buddhist leader was passing an open door along the street one evening. Uh, He had been a resident in this city uh, just south of Shanghai called Ningboa for some time. uh, Mr. Ni had been living in this city, and he had already given up Buddhism. Uh, He worked as a cotton merchant there in town. And as he passed by this open door uh, there at the roadside, uh, he glanced in and he noticed that there was something going on inside, something a bit unusual to him. Uh, Someone was ringing a bell, and some sort of meeting was about to start. Uh, He inquired as to the nature of the meeting and learned that it it was a religious sort of meeting, and with Mr. Nee uh, already considering himself a, a very fervent seeker of the truth, trying to learn uh, you know, the meaning of life and all of those things. He had tried Buddhism and other religions as well. Uh, nothing more needed to be said. He thought, well, this is a religious meeting. I would love to sit in and hear what, what they're talking about. So he slipped in, sat down. Perhaps there towards the back is this young foreigner who he would later learn to be named Hudson Taylor, this young foreigner dressed in Chinese attire, stood up and began to preach from this holy text that Hudson Taylor called the Bible. This foreigner, uh, mister Ni nee, was quick to learn, could easily manage the Ningboa dialect of Chinese. And Mr Ni nee could easily understand the passage that Hudson Taylor was reading. The trouble that Mr nee had, however, was figuring out what exactly the passage meant. The passage went like this. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Saved, Mr. Nee thought. Not condemned? A way to find everlasting life. A God who loved the world. And Mr. Nee, he began to puzzle over all these things and was trying to discern what they might mean. He actually spent the remainder of the meeting fixing every ounce of attention that he had on the message that this young preacher was giving. He was trying to figure it out. There was the story of the brazen serpent lifted up. There was the story of this one man named Jesus who died, who bore sin upon himself. But not only that, he rose again. And as Mr. Nee began to hear the gospel from the lips of Hudson Taylor, the Spirit of God was at work in Mr. Nee's heart. And as the meeting drew to a close and the foreigner stopped speaking, there wasn't even time for Hudson Taylor to begin to give some sort of invitation. Mr. Nee just instinctively jumped up and before the entire audience there at this meeting stated, I have long sought the truth, but without finding it. I have traveled far and near, but have never searched it out. In Confucianism, Buddhism, and Taoism, I have found no rest, but I do find rest in what we have heard tonight. And then he announced there in front of everyone, henceforth, I am a believer in Jesus. Well, Mr. Knee became, quite quickly, a devout Bible student. He began spending a a large amount of time with Hudson Taylor. He began to experience tremendous spiritual growth, uh, growth in his faith. He even began to proclaim the gospel to those friends of his that were still a part of these other religions. And he was even, uh, Mr. Knee was even able to lead a former follower of his to Christ. One day, while out preaching with his missionary friend, they would actually, uh, Mr. Knee and Hudson Taylor, would actually go out and preach together, Mr. Knee, somewhat unexpectedly, asked Hudson Taylor a question. And here's the question. He said, how long have you had the glad tidings in your country? And Hudson Taylor, a bit reluctantly, replied, well, some hundreds of years. Mr. Knee was visibly startled and exclaimed, what? hundreds of years, my father sought the truth and died without finding it. Oh, why did you not come sooner? Why did you not come sooner with the glad tidings? Friends, you know, Hudson Taylor later described that moment as one of unforgettable pain. It pained him to hear his son in the faith lament the damnation of his earthly father when he discovered that those who knew the truth were so hesitant to bring it to those who knew it not. And friends, I share that story with you today so that we would all give pause and consider, are we, with our lives, with our neglect of sharing the gospel with those around us, with our neglect of fervor to take the gospel around the world hindering the loved ones of people like mr nee from having an opportunity to hear the gospel think about that mr nee was heartbroken to learn that had just some englishmen a generation earlier come to china with the gospel his father could have been saved and yet there are so many people in china even today who don't know about jesus christ They're still asking questions like, What is Jesus? Who is this Jesus that you speak of? I keep hearing about this Jesus, but who is that exactly? And they need preachers who will go and boldly proclaim the gospel to them. They need preachers who will surrender all, who will give up their wealth and their prosperity, who will give up their comforts here in America, and say, You know what? I want to give my life. I want to aim my life at making Jesus Famous in China, even if it means learning a new language, even if it means adapting to a new culture, even if it means having limited opportunities to be with family, even if it means my children having limited opportunities to be with grandparents, I want to do all I can to make Jesus famous in China, to take the glad tidings of salvation to the Chinese people. Brother, you're out there listening today. Would you not consider now? From this very moment, resolving in your heart and saying, Lord, I will begin to aim my life to prepare and ready myself for a life of missions in China. Brother, after all, you have been entrusted with the gospel message. You have been entrusted with what the Bible calls the power of God unto salvation. You know that the gospel works. You know that it's powerful. After all, it's worked in your own life. It's changed you. It's made you a new creature and caused you to be born again. You have experienced firsthand that God is, in fact, mighty to save. You know that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You also know that they can't call on him in whom they have not believed. And you even know that they can't believe in him of whom they have not heard. And so the question, brother, is why do you sit back in the States assuming that they can somehow hear without a preacher? Brother, I would refer you back to the statistic mentioned concerning Beijing at the beginning of today's broadcast. Nearly 20 million people. And at least according to that one report, less than 1% Christian. How are the other 19 million supposed to hear? How much longer are we as God's people who have been entrusted with the gospel? How much longer are we going to wait before we determine, before we decide we ought to heed the command of Christ to take the gospel to the people in China today who are still asking, "What said Jesus? You know, friends, in the passage Hudson Taylor preached to Mr. Ni nee that evening that Mr. Ni nee got saved, uh, that passage that Hudson Taylor was uh, preaching uh, some 150 years ago, the Bible says in Chinese, For God so love the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Shun I Shuren. God loves the people of the world. Shun Ai Shuren is the Chinese way of saying, for God loves the people of the world. Brother, would you give your life to telling people in China, that shun i is if not you then who well This concludes today's episode of the A Thousand Lives broadcast. Be sure to tune in to next week's episode where we will discuss the pros and cons of teaching English in China as a means of doing mission work there. I'll share some stories from my days of teaching English in China and talk about why I have now chosen a different path to serving in China. You won't want to miss it. Once again, remember to pray for Beijing this week. Beijing is a single city that is home to around 20 million people, and there is a desperate need for more people to go there and tell them shun ai Shirin. Thank you again for listening to the A Thousand Lives broadcast. This has been Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot And again, there you'll find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends as well as encouraging others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Well, until next time, zai jin.